is the dog cast episode number 485 dogs lose another heartbreaker damn All right, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 485, your SEC post-game show. Dogs lose a heartbreaker, heartbreaker again to the tide of Alabama, the Crimson Tide. And uh, it was a particularly bitter pill to swallow after dominating for uh, much of the entire game. We, we, uh, you know, hell, you know what happened. Holy shit, Jamie, we're back in the bunker, dude. After our little uh, field trip over to Atlanta yesterday, we're back in the bunker. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty philosophical about the damn thing, Jamie. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm sad. It sucks. I'm a little hungover. But, uh, honestly, I'm the same guy who Saturday mornings, you know, still that whole, concept of playing with house money and uh you know the injuries we had on offensive line and the losses we had last year i mean i i wanted to win holy shit everybody wanted to win right and then as the game went on you're like dude we got this we're punching them in the mouth but uh we did not have quite enough to close it out did not have enough to close it out what do you how are you feeling right now buddy i believe it or not Derek, i feel better than i'm supposed to be um i it pushed me a little far yesterday. Uh, I was able to handle it mentally, but my solution to it was alcohol. <laughs> Cannot tell a lie. So the yeah, fact yeah. that Red Bull and vodka was doing you right. It was that's exactly what it was. It was doing me right. It gave me what I thought. I, I thought I had the wings. Red Bull gives them to you. I thought I had them. Um, <laughs> it proved to me a little later that I didn't. But hey, you know you can try to fly when you're doing it. But, you know, no, I feel better than I'm supposed to. I, I was hurt. I, I'm t- I was so hurt last night. In fact, there's no crying in sports with men, but I felt like if I'd have been in a room by myself instead of that stadium, I might have shed a tear. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, it, it, it was mean, awful. It was awful. I was hurt. Um, but I woke up sober. Of course, it's fresh in my mind. I, fortunately, I was sober enough during the game. I, I, that wasn't an issue. I didn't get in there and waste my experience. I got every bit of the experience, saw every play. But waking up today, I feel better about it, I guess, than I did. Not better about the loss. It doesn't hurt as bad. Like you know, Like you said, you woke up Saturday morning – with the idea that we're playing with house money and we were. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to lose, right? I mean, we're supposed to lose. We're going to give it our best shot. And I, I thought to myself, you know, and even in the pregame show, we talked about, look, 
we earned the damn chance. We get, we want to give them our best shot, and we damn sure did give them our best shot, right? They damn sure know they were in a game, and they damn sure know they don't want to play us again. And they are, despite evidence to the contrary, they are probably damn delighted that we did not make the playoff. Um, yeah, they won't say that out loud, but I guarantee you. I mean, Saban said it in his – conference the press conference he did, he don't want to play him again <laughs> right and i think he said he meant it but he also said it where it could be taken you know he's saying the right thing coach speak to pro- boost up the other team that just put him in a fist fight but i promise you he wants to play two of those teams in the playoffs in one night before he plays us one more time that's a fact i mean the whole damn game you know uh i was you know, I, I thought immediately, and I was putting this stuff out on Twitter, too. I mean, it seemed to me immediately, Bama's defense, they are not they, – they, they, hell, they were struggling to stop us. Couldn't stop us. Couldn't stop from – not built to stop us, right? They were hands on hips, looking soft. Hell, I was yelling at Bama fans about how damn soft that Bama looked, how they hadn't been in a fight since last January, and we were taking it to their ass, buddy. I mean, in the first half, we were taking it to their ass, much like the first half in the national championship game last year. I mean, we come out hot. There is not another team in the country that is built to beat Alabama like we are, you know, from the ground up. No, we're and Bama's to do it. Yeah, Bama's defense couldn't handle us. In fact, we scored the most points on them that's been scored on them since 2015, dude. No, right. But no. At every minute, it feels like you're damn juggling hand grenades, right? When two is on the field, when whenever they, you just feel like you're juggling damn hand grenades at all times, you know? Oh, you do, and we, you know, and we said this on on the on the pregame show. This was a game. We have prepared to win since last January. We took a different approach to 90% of every other podcast or radio host, whoever's out there, with the, we're going to get our butts whipped. We had an opportunity to win this game, and and we were in it the whole time. I told my wife, we started the game off, and we got towards the end of the first quarter, and she's happy as she can be, and I was just happy. I mean, the crowd was loud. The stadium was... Georgia owned the stadium. It was not even close. I mean, it was loud and proud. I I can't tell you the difference in the decibels of Georgia fans versus Bama fans. And I told her at the end of the first, let's win this quarter, one quarter at a time. Let's get to the second. Everybody around us, you know, we got this. We got the one quarter at a time. I was steadfast. We're going to do one quarter at a time. We got to the third. Third quarter. Let's win this quarter. Oh, boy. Starting to starting to change up a little bit. Come out of the third. But, you know, they, third quarter, man, they come out three and out right out of the halftime. Oh, and I told my wife right there, I said, this is exactly what we needed right here. We got the ball to start the game and to start the second half. This worked out for us. Now we have to finish here. We have to finish them right now. And that's where slowly, from my perspective watching it, you could kind of see – the wheels start loosening. They weren't falling off, but that back wheel was starting to shake a little bit. You could see the change of the tide just a little bit. And from there, of course, we know the rest of the story. The big deal, honestly, for me, the big change was the missed field goal. Absolutely. Me too. I mean, 
I know it was only three points, and we lost by more than three points, right? I mean, but uh, I'm telling you, the missed field goal was a big deal because, and I mean, a touchdown there, and it's over. It really is, I think, over. Yes, touchdown there. Field goal, it's damn near over. But when we missed it, I'm telling you, it was just the mental spark, the extra gear that they needed. I mean, you know, when you you're dealing. I really do believe that Georgia is Georgia and Alabama. They're essentially equal teams. I mean, we have we have proven over eight quarters of football against them that we are essentially equal. The only difference really is experience, right? They know how to close, and we don't know how to close. But but at the same time, I don't think anybody wants it anymore. Nobody loves Georgia football more than Kirby Smart, and nobody wants it more than Kirby Smart. And as we told you in the pregame show, you can bet your sweet ass that Kirby is already working on damn game plan for Bama next year. He is already working on it, right? Um, And I know you are a little hot about these guys. I mean, and I am too. These guys that are after Kirby about the fake punt or Chaney about his soft play calling and where did Swift go and taking the ball out of Fromm's hands and you know, man, second-guessing guys that make millions and millions of dollars to play football, there's just nothing you know about football that those guys don't know. And I know we look and we're like, oh, fake punt, that was stupid, that was terrible, right? I mean, do you really think that Kirby doesn't know that missing the fake punt is a bad thing? And I mean, do you think you've thought of any damn thing about football, any kind of scheme, any kind of damn plan that he hasn't thought of? Did you know some shit he doesn't know about football? The fake punt, yeah, was not a great call, not a great decision, right? It was a bad decision. It proved to be the wrong call. But Kirby's not going to tell you this, and I don't know this to be true, but I'm going to give you my perspective on why why he called the fake the fake punt. He called the fake punt because we were at a position in this game where he felt like we didn't have a chance to stop them. They were going to score again, and he needed time. He needed time on the clock so we could try to match it. Yeah, we needed points, and we needed to chew more clock, right? right so. And we had a guy that fake would have – the fake might have worked if the snap had gotten off seven seconds sooner than it did, you know? Yeah, the snap was – But it did. The snap was slow. But, yeah, if we convert, he's a genius. I mean, you see why he's been doing it this whole time. He did it at the right time. He's the smartest coach in the world, and we might go on and win the ball game. And if we kick instead of the fake, and we put them inside, let's let's say we, let's say they get a touchback. They're they're inside the thirty, with they're gonna take the whole clock going downfield. We couldn't stop them at this point. I mean, bottom line is, and yeah, we we couldn't stop them. Our guys were tired. I mean, I told you in the last show, look for Alabama to be tired, with their hands on their hips and a they little were. bit. And and they were, but so were we. Yeah, I mean, you we could tell too. when Jalen started damn running the ball, right? right. They had. I a, mean, hell, our receiver angles weren't that damn weren't that damn sparky. Right, and that's the thing. They had a, a a quarterback who is an amazing athlete. He might not be a great quarterback, but the kid's an athlete. He can play several positions on the field, or could have. And he comes in late in the game with these fresh legs, and we're a little bit tired. And that showed. I mean, honestly, if Tua doesn't get hurt, 
we don't lose the ball game. And that's, that's weird to say because I know two is the second coming of the Messiah, but if he stays in the game, we win. He didn't have the legs, and, and he wasn't that sharp. We had Tua figured out. We solved the Tua mystery. That's a fact. But yeah, first team all year. The only team to solve the Tua mystery. Hell, Smart and Tucker painted a damn masterpiece on defense last night. Hell, two years in a row, we have fixed their damn quarterbacks, right? Hell, we blew up Hurts last year and blew up Tua this year. It turns out we're not awesome at stopping both of them, right? <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, damn it, man. A, but you're right. First leg, the game. I know. It's a shot of life late in the game. I mean, look, the way it works, somebody's going to start planning for this at some point. I mean, like, hey, third quarter, we're putting in a brand-new quarterback, and <laughs> here we go. I mean, right. because it works. I mean, I guess it would be hard to do this by design. But if you've got a quarterback that caliber sitting on the bench, I mean, that's not a yeah. bad way to – suck the life out of someone's sales because he's fresh and ready to go. In fact, how many quarters of football has he played this year? Right. I mean, he's not just fresh last night. He's fresh, dude. Fresh, fresh. Look at the the third down efficiency of Tua versus the third down efficiency of Jalen. I mean, hell, there was a point there where they had not, in the third quarter, they had not converted a single third down the entire game. Whereas Jalen comes in and goes five for five on third downs, right? Right. So you're right. I mean, the facts are laid out right there, man. The fresh legs, like you said, if Tua stays in the game, we win. Hell, if Hurts stays in the game last year, we, we win. win. Right. Same. One of those is the thing that happened. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, to say that, I mean, we, we've got bad luck in a sense. I mean, Alabama – has got a horseshoe up their ass, and we've got we don't. I mean, we have something. We have something else, right? Yeah, a foot, um, something. But I'm telling you, the the defense. I want to ding. I mean, hell, if we were giving out helmet stickers, dude. I mean, Mel Tucker was brilliant, and Tay Crowder, damn, Walker, Drake Walker, Baker, hell, Jawan Taylor. Even my, even our man, Natres Patrick, those guys played their asses off, man. Walker game. left it all on the field, brother. 100%. Every damn bit of it. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, Eric Stokes is a damn superstar. He, he, he don't even know it yet. Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell, those guys are going to be damn superstars. I'm so happy they got to play a season with Dre Baker, man, because those two guys are going to be damn stars. Oh, my word. They're going to be stars. Eric Stokes is a damn ball player, dude. Uh, yeah, he he came in and, and gave us a shot of life the second half of this season. Who knew? That kid, he's unbelievable. I, I was real – and I'm not saying I'm not concerned still losing Dre Baker, but, I mean, it looks like we've really got a guy that's going to be able to step up and step in right behind him and to give us that, that caliber of DB play. Coming, I mean, my word. Tay Crowder, switching damn sides of the field, dude, and just killing it, killing it at linebacker right now. And I'm telling you, Mel Tucker going out on top, dude, defensive masterpiece. And I'll tell you something else, too. Sam Pittman, the, I mean, oh our offensive gosh. line was totally – I mean, yeah, it was sure. We weren't very successful running up the middle, right? But I'm telling you, Pittman working with damn freshmen, 
working with true freshmen against that damn Alabama defensive line. Exactly. And they stood their ground and took their best shot. I mean, and and I don't remember. I'm trying to count in my head how many sacks they had. Two. I can't count more than two. Yeah, they collapsed the pocket and rushed him a little bit. But I'm telling you, we were making damn lemonade out of lemons on that offensive line for about the last five or six weeks, right? And then how about damn Jake Fromm, dude? Oh, my word. Jake Fromm is not a damn elite quarterback. I mean, he's third nationally in efficiency and rating behind, you know, the Messiah and uh, some other kid, right? Um, But... (laughs) Yeah, whoever he is. Well, I tell you what Jake Fromm did. I tell you exactly what he did. He did it. He did it at four o'clock yesterday in Atlanta, Georgia. He went toe to toe with Tua. Yeah, and unlike look, any other quarterback this year has done, and I he can, didn't. And I can, yeah, I can tell you one reason we didn't lose this ball game. It's not because of Jake Fromm. I promise you that. He's a good reason why we were even in it. The throw to Ridley. Was oh maybe his best throw this year. It might be his best Hold throw ever. He threw that son of a bitch into a mailbox that was moving 20 miles an hour on the on the sideline. I mean, that throw was insane. Zero turnovers, man. We had zero turnovers. I mean, God almighty, we had him, buddy. We had him right where we wanted him, man. We had five wide receivers that went for more yards than to his favorite target. Yeah. Hell. Oh, God dang it. We had him, man. We had him right where we wanted him. How about this stat, dude? I know you've probably seen this. In the last eight quarters, eight quarters we played with Alabama, there have been a total of 294 plays in eight quarters. And Bama has led for nine of those plays. Three percent. So that 97% of all the plays in eight quarters, Georgia has led. And they've only led 3%, a total of nine plays, and they are 2-0, and and we are 0-2. I mean, I'm not going to try to damn sugarcoat it. That is a damn problem, right? But it is not a damn, holy shit, this coaching staff sucks throw these damn bastards. I mean, right. come on. I, and you, you asked, yeah, you asked me if I saw this tweet earlier, and I did. Logan Booker tweeted out um, the answer to all of this. And let me pull it up here. He said, online Georgia fans Saturday morning. Just try not to get blown out. This Bama team is the best in history, and we're the youngest team in college football and on the rise. Online Georgia fans Sunday morning. Fire everybody. Zero excuses not to beat Saban and Bama. And that's exactly how it went. We Everybody went into this game not expecting us to rise to the challenge. The fact that we did rise to the challenge and had an opportunity to win, now here come the naysayers. Fire Kirby. Fire Chaney. Get rid of Fromm. Fields needs to play. Actually, get rid of both of them. We need somebody brand new. I mean, I've seen the most ridiculous ridiculous you, stuff online that crap is insane if you're if, if that's what you think you are insane and really honestly you need to find another you need to be listening to a different damn podcast yeah, if you're listening right now, and i mean hell we're gonna get to this in just a minute about <laughs> this guy who was in our contest i want to talk talk about that guy in just a second 
But uh, if you're in the fire, if you're in the fire club, we you don't need to be listening to this damn show. You we're, need to be listening to some other damn free, show. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel like our listeners are pretty dialed in, Derek. Our listeners get down to brass tacks. They know about college football. They know about the Georgia Bulldogs. Anybody that's got a football IQ isn't firing Kirby Smart this morning. What they're doing is thinking, whew, Kirby has got us to the verge. Two of his first three years there. Man, that's that's an upgrade youngest of where we've in, been. Youngest coach ever to coach in two damn SEC championships, ever, right? Ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the future's not bright for us, man. I mean, we, we got a young guy killing it. We we should probably get rid of that guy, right? I mean, come on, man. Yeah, we've got a Just, young guy killing it with the youngest team in the country, football team. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. Stop your stupid mouth from typing. Stop your stupid mouth from talking and your stupid fingers from tweeting, dude. Yeah, I mean, if you really think that we've peaked, we're not going further than where we are, Atlanta's got a soccer team for you. Right. Go do that. Yeah, I'll tell you one uh, one funny bit from last night. I got I got to share. So I'm at the we're doing the game right. Showbiz wife sitting right beside me, and you know they keep showing that little thing. You know where they they show Jake from his stats, and uh, he does that little slow motion like he's looking down at the ground, and they did a little slow motion where he looks up at the camera and then he smiles. You know, right? And then they so it, when it's twenty one to seven. They do that little Fromm thing where he tilts his head up. Uh, Showbiz wife looks at me and goes, yeah, I'd screw him. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> All right. I was like, wow, honey. So, yeah, that just came out, right? Yeah. She's like, yeah, he's he's probably my hall pass at this point, right? So, yeah, Showbiz wife has invoked full full um, you know, hall pass uh, authorization for Jake Fromm. So, I, I don't know what else to say other than uh, the uh, – Team Team Dogcast is all in, literally all in on uh, Jake Fromm and uh, Kirby Smart right now. So, uh, yeah, Showbiz Wife approves of Jake Fromm and uh, everything he's doing on the field. All right. Well, way to go, Jake. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Jake Fromm, dude. I mean, and I was thinking the same thing. I looked at her and I said, man, that guy can get any girl he wants, right? And she goes, yeah, I'd screw him probably. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was great. That uh, really uh, that lit up the night. That, that was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I've got that going for me. That's just nothing to keep me awake at night. But, um, well, yeah, it was. I got good was, news, Derek. Bring it. I, I've I've talked to some people that know Jake pretty well, and yeah. he's uh, Jake. And, and I and I don't know this for a fact, but the stories I've heard about Jake from, I would say that Jake is 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 going to wait till he's married. So that's awesome. <laughs> you, I thought you were gonna say, probably not interested in uh, probably not interested in a 50-year-old housewife is what I thought you were going to say. But you yeah, know. no, I'm smarter than that, buddy. <laughs> Right. Yeah. See, I I was trying to attribute that to you, my friend. But yeah, uh, anyway. Jake, from what I've heard, I mean, Jake gets up at five o'clock every morning for Bible study, and then he studies and, and goes book. to work. Absolutely. Goes to work. Right. Well, that's the uh, Jake Fromm is. It was a frustrating game, my friend. It was great right up until it wasn't. That's all I can tell you for sure. And it was great. But, I mean, we we came in. And did what everybody said. We did everything they told us we couldn't do except win. We did every single thing. Can't throw, else. Can't throw on them, and yet we did. 
Fromm can't beat Tua, and yet he did, right? Fromm was Tua, the we best can't quarterback stop on the field. We can't stop Tua, and we totally stopped Tua, right? He had more damn picks than he had TDs. I mean, hell, you, you tell me, man. You tell me we're not closing the gap with these guys. We absolutely are. The gap is, is closer uh, than people realize. You know, there are different. Look, here's what. But we got to close the gap in a couple areas, and nobody really talks about the second area. It's always depth through recruiting to get these players. But our coaching staff is young too. They're gaining, right. Kirby's gaining valuable experience in these games. We it, we just expect because he's an adult. I guess he's not a kid. He's been. Alive 42 years, whatever, however, 42, 44, whatever, he's the youngest coach to ever do what he's doing. But he, he's not old. He's a young guy, but he's still learning. These losses equate to Kirby going back to the drawing board and figuring things well, out. Edu- Teach education, yeah. exactly. This loss is an education for everybody involved, including us. And I don't blame well, it on anybody. Saban's won national championships with two different SEC schools. He's coached head coach in the pros. He's done. I mean, come on, man. We are we are getting there, brother. We are closing the gap fast with a young guy. Don't be pulling your damn shoelaces out and looping them over the shower rod this morning. Just take a deep breath. There's a lot of damn football left to play, right? I hate to be a there's, wait till next year. I'm not a damn game. I'm not. Here. I'm not I'm that either. And I used to hate it when Mark Rick was in charge. You don't know that, that get them next time attitude. It drove me crazy. I'm talking about absolutely nuts. I hated it. I didn't want to hear about next year. I wanted to win a game right now. But I'm also not blind. You're not blind. We can see the difference in the trajectory of Mark Rick and Kirby Smart. And you can go back, and somebody said this last night. Oh, well, look at their records after three years and how many times they've played for the SEC. They're identical. This is Mark Rick 2.0. This you're stupid. I mean, they're not. If you think this is Mark Rick 2.0. but. I, and I was talking to my wife about it. Look at the state of college football when Mark Rick was three years the head coach at Georgia. Saban was at LSU. We didn't really even know who Saban was at that point. There wasn't any dynasties. There wasn't even a team as good as Dabo's Clemson Tigers. The, right, not the, consistent. Not consistent. No, now, I'm talking about right now. Like now there's powerhouses. Right. These recruits talking, they go to these camps together, and you got four or five or six kids talking, we're going to go over here and play together, and we're going to go over here and play together. Behind the scenes, people are building powerhouse programs, far superior to what was being played in the early 2000s when Mark Rick was cutting his teeth as a head coach. We're having. Well, you have player free agency now, basically, basically, right? Right. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, exactly. Basically, player-free agency. Kirby is facing a different animal and, and staring it in the eyes like he ain't scared of shit. He's ready to and go. Still outperforming, and still outperforming. Everybody on the field. Saban's only outperforming Kirby Smart for like eight minutes of the last two hours. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I'm going to take my coach. I wouldn't trade him for a, a 40-year-old Saban. I'm telling you what, I wouldn't either. Because when he when I he gets would. it all the way figured out, good luck the rest of the field. Kirby is not – he's learning. He made a mistake. 
that fake punt might have been a mistake. I mean, we might have – there's no way to say – did it help us or hurt us? All we know is we didn't win. Had we punted and still lost, I mean, we wouldn't be complaining. Well, we, we'd find something else to complain about. Yeah, the defense. It would be them, you know, Tucker softened in the last quarter. So, hell, there's always going to be something to damn complain about, right? Guys, we got, but a, I'll tell we got you, an excellent uh, football team and an excellent coaching staff, and I wouldn't trade them for anybody in this whole world. I'm proud to be a Bulldog. Me too, buddy. Well said. So now we're going to the M Sugar Bowl. We're going to play a number 14 Texas, right? Um, Mel Tucker going to be the head coach at Colorado. Yeah, we Congrats to him. Congrats. Really proud of Mel. He coached an awesome game. I'm glad he didn't go to Maryland. Um, we knew he was going some damn where, and good for him, man. Hell, he wants the money. He wants to. He wants to be in charge, and hell, why wouldn't he, man? Everybody wants to be the man. Yeah. So, and congrats. Everybody deserves an opportunity to grow. Exactly, and I'm not worried at all. I mean, if uh, there's a lot of coaches on the staff that I would worry about Kirby making the right pick, defense coordinator, not one of those. I'm not worried at all about Kirby's ability to pick another great defense coordinator. Yeah, I don't think we're going to pull somebody from outside personally. I guess there's a chance, but I, I really believe Glenn Schumann's promoted and we just hired a DB coach. That's, that's, that's where it happens. I think he's being groomed for this for me. The last three years of Kirby and Glenn it actually goes back further than that. He was he was the one at Alabama that broke down all Kirby's film. He was his anal, kind of his personal analyst when they got new players in, and he still does this today, even if it's outside of his position group. You got new players in that are just struggling with concepts or scheme. I mean, he's the guy that goes in and puts it in layman terms and teaches it where they can understand it. He's a teacher, and he knows this defense as well as anybody other than Kirby Smart. So, and he's exactly what Kirby wants out of his players, player development, and scheme. Absolutely. And it's probably so, best position to keep things rolling. Yeah, and, and if Kirby thinks he's ready, then there's no doubt in my mind he promotes them because there's no way. You can go out and off the streets. I don't care what their name is or how, how well they've done somewhere else. We're not bringing somebody else's defense to the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. <laughs> exactly. This is that Kirby's is defense. And he, Kirby could hire me or you or any one of you guys and, and put us as the defensive coordinator and still call the plays if he chooses. I mean – because they're in his ear, they're in his 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 headset. Regardless, he's listening to everything coming through. I mean, we're we're gonna be fine on defense. What I want is a guy that's a good teacher at at defensive back and a guy that can recruit. You know, and we talked about this I think before the the season, and I even suggested that maybe Schumann is promoted, and we've got Bakari Rambo in house now. If he can yeah. coach. He was a good DB. If he can coach the position, I think he'd be a dynamite recruiter. It'd be hard to say no to a guy that played there for four years and went on to the NFL. When he walks into the living room to recruit your son who's a cornerback, you kind of have to listen. There you go. I'm with you, baby. I'm in your head. Dogcast got this shit on lock. This is everything you need to know about Bulldog football, guys. And, um, you know, Sugar Bowl coming right up. I also, by the way, I mean, we should talk a little bit about the college football playoff and the committee. I mean, 
You know, honestly, I'm at peace with their decision, too. I mean, I heard all the talking heads. I heard Herb Street and Palmer and, uh, you know, Tebow. And I agree. I mean, there's no way you look at what happened last night and decide that Georgia's not one of the four best teams in the country, right? But, um, and I, you know, but I also understand that we we lost our – you know, we, it got out of our hands when we lost that game last night, right? And I totally understand I get that it. the playoff – yeah, they, the committee cannot put in a damn two-loss non-conference champion over a one-loss Power 5 conference champion, over two one-loss, even though they did slot us ahead of another one-loss P5 champion, which I just think is an awesome middle finger to uh, Urban Meyer. But um, it is. But do you, you think, know, though, if let's say Oklahoma had lost to Texas, we'd have probably still got slotted five? Probably. I, they I, probably still would have done. They, I, I agree with you. They'd have they take, just they'd have taken, two lost teams had one lost team. Right. At, the, mean, at this level. It doesn't matter that they had just got through kind of getting tested by a vocational school but yeah yes sir yeah uh look i get it i don't like it there, there's really not a fair way to do it i mean it, it's hard to there's, look at, at oklahoma in the face and say hey guys i mean you won your conference championship you lost one game you score a million points a game but that's not good enough they're gonna get killed by bama Here's They're going to get killed, and Bama's also going to kill Clemson. And Notre Dame's not going to be in the conversation at the end of the day. So, there you go. Nick Saban needs to – he's going to have to do a lot of coaching in December, but he needs to spend a lot of money on spa treatments because they got their butts whipped last night. They need to heal. If they had to play next week, I, I, I put my money goes against Oklahoma if they had to play them next Saturday. And I don't think For sure. Oklahoma is that I agree good. With that, I just don't think that, yeah, I don't think they could recover that quickly. And I'm going to say this. You call me a homer if you want to. Next weekend, if we had to play Oklahoma, we beat them by two scores. I agree. I think well, we could beat anybody. I think we could beat anybody in the playoff field if we oh, played absolutely. them next week, including Bama. Oh, yeah. But, I, uh, I would have loved to have that rematch next week. Let's run it back right now. But, uh, yeah, Notre Dame's not in the conversation. Oklahoma doesn't have the total defense, and Clemson doesn't have the pass defense. Clemson can stop the run, but I think Tua's going to damn throw on them. Yeah. And I, Tua's going to do anything he wants to do without with Oklahoma's defense. I honestly think – I. I had a, some Alabama fans tell me yesterday that Clemson was undoubtedly, before the game now, undoubtedly the second-best team in the nation. We may be third, but Clemson was no doubt second. I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't, I don't believe that either. I believe at times for spells. We saw last night. Right. For spells, they can play like a top two or three team in the nation for spells. I don't think they put four quarters of that together. And and who's to say they can even really put it together for in spells against a real good team because the ACC. Now, Trevor Lawrence, also not as good as Jake Fromm. <laughs> not even close. No. Trevor Lawrence, not as good as Jake Fromm. And their run defense is pretty stout. Their D-line, Clemson's D-line is legit. I'll give well, you that, legit. man. 
them all Americans. They're legit, but their defensive backs have been exposed on several occasions this year. Right. No, takes them. We could so, run fresh legs at those DBs all night. Alabama's DBs didn't have anything for us. Nope. Jake Fromm had his Any, best game of the season. <laughs> hey, let's talk about this contest. Let's talk about it. Because we do have a winner. So we had so many entries. Oh, my gosh. So Guys, many y'all did entries. a great job. I mean, we had people coming out of the woodworks for Michael Davenport artwork. Oh, my gosh. Just so many entries that me and Jamie had to split it up. I was like, I'll go through this stack. You go through that stack. We couldn't even look at all of them. But at the end of the day, nobody hit it right on the button. Didn't hit it on the button. But we had a tie. We did have a tie. We did have a tie. Which is why we do these tiebreakers. That's right. Two guys that were three cumulative points off of the score prediction, right? So uh, this one, we had one guy, they had, we had basically one guy picked Bama 35, Georgia 31. And uh, what was your guy? My guy picked Bama 35, Georgia 31. And I forgot what your guy picked. Yeah, I can pull it up real quick. Cause I got it saved all the entries right it's here. Different, but he was still three points off. He was still three points off. He was, where are you at? Well, let's see, I had them all right here. And I did Either way. Yeah, yeah, I've got right. Here it is. 35-25. Yeah, so we had one guy that was, was three points heavy and one guy that was three points light. Right. And so, and we don't, we don't really make a distinction between those two guesses, right? So he had 35-25, the other guy had 35-31. And so it went to the tiebreaker, and a guy who entered over email um, out of Sugarland, Texas, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, I'm gonna get his name right. His last name is Sam Samuel Ryan Samuel out of Sugarland, Texas, is the winner. And the reason we're going through all of this, telling you guys this, is because the other guy is not really a listener, and he's also not really smart about Georgia football. So we don't really like He says stupid things. So we were really (laughs) – I'm just being honest. Me and Jamie were – when we figured out that it was a tie, we were like, oh, man. I hope I hope Ryan wins the tiebreaker because we definitely do not want to ship a Davenport to this other guy because we don't really like him and he's not really a listener. And I don't even and, think he's a dog fan to be honest with. You. He can claim that he is, but let me tell you: Did you guys get to see the video that got released on Twitter Friday night? That wasn't. It was not. An Kirby's. It, it was Kirby. Motivational video. Yes, the one he's talking to the crowd. The one he's ready to eat. That's what he's talking yeah, about. Let's eat. That video. Well, this I, I thought that video was like. I shared corp. that video. Like, oh. And this guy does. I shared it on Twitter. And he doesn't follow me. But he found me somehow. And he, he, wrote, he responded to my tweet. And he said, just changed my mind. Hope Alabama wins. The boys at UGA deserve a better role model. That's verbatim what he said. I changed my mind. Hope Alabama wins. The boys at UGA deserve a better role model. Well, guess what, Wayne? Screw you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're kind of glad you lost, dude. I'm glad. And you the lost. reason we're going through this is because we're not telling him that he lost. We're trying to make him listen to the show. We're not going to put it on. So, exactly. 
So yeah. we don't want you guys to share on social media. I don't want anybody to say that Ryan won because we want him to come and listen. We want to make him listen to the whole show and that we want to hear we want him to hear that we don't like him. Yeah. So and we're glad he lost. You're not a so, real dog uh, fan, Wayne. I mean you're just a, not. And I'll be <laughs> honest with you, I went back to his Twitter and he says I'm looking at all his tweets and replies. And that's where he said about said to mine. That's where he commented on my tweet about 35-25 with the offense with from with excuse me passing and rushing yards total 200 each so 400 would have been the his tiebreaker and I've gone back let's see I'm just gonna scroll real fast I'm back two weeks now two weeks and there's not a single other tweet there's plenty of tweets he tweets about three or four times a day on average is what it looks like but until you get to this where he predicted the score there's not one single tweet about Georgia football. He tweets about the score, and he doesn't say anything else about Georgia football until he says he'd rather Alabama win because Kirby, you know, the boys deserve a better role model. And then he responded to CBS Sports one day ago. He said, on 4th and 11, Georgia dialed up a fake. Alabama was not fooled. Shows the video of the fake punt. And he responds to this saying, Kirby Smart's profanity-filled pep talk didn't work. Filthy language reveals the character of the speaker. Well, buddy. So we, that guy's mad at our coach because he uses too many bad words. Yeah. yeah. So, Ryan, Ryan from Sugarland, you are our winner. I've already got your address, buddy, and we're going to be sending you out your customized Michael Davenport, Georgia, Georgia Tech, the end of fish fry, Paul Johnson, is your prize. And, guys, we really appreciate you listening. It was a freaking awesome season. We're not done, though. We do. Um, we have, we're going to do one more show. Um, we're going to do the Michael Davenport Christmas special. And we got some special, like, offers. I know some of you guys were on Twitter and stuff, and you want to know, man, how do I get one of those Davenports? So you guys have been listening a long time. You already know how we do with the Davenport thing. We've actually made it a little smarter, and it's going to be a little easier for you guys to look at them and possibly purchase one for Christmas and help us help him. And if you don't know anything at all about what I'm talking about, listen. Uh, next week we'll have the Michael Davenport special where you guys can get some awesome Christmas presents and help a guy that really needs help. And then we'll also, of course, do our Sugar Bowl pregame show. And um, we hope you guys have an awesome holiday. Jamie, you had a good season in the bunker this year. You're no longer the new dog. Now you're just Jamie in the bunker, dude. I'm just Jamie so, in the bunker. I'll be in the bunker. And I, and I got to break some. I haven't told Derek this yet, so I'm breaking the news live. I'm going to be twisting Derek's arm this offseason to get just a couple extra shows in before the season. Okay, yeah. You're gonna you want me to work more during the off season. We're okay, gonna yeah. work a little more during the off season. <laughs> I, I I I just feel like I can talk you into doing it at, at least a couple. Okay. We used to do hell, I used to do one show a month at least, twelve months a year. So uh yeah, I don't know. I'll try to get my work ethic back. Well, this 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 go ahead. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, Jamie. What else you got, man? I'm fixing to. You go ahead and hit the. You go ahead and hit the contact points, and we're out. Guys, yeah, give us give us a follow on social media: Facebook forward slash Dogcast Podcast, Twitter at Dogcast, Instagram 
at Dogcast. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere your podcast is heard, we're there. Gmail, at Dogcast at Gmail. And Derek, shoot them that phone number. I do not have it in front of me, and I, I hardly, it's programmed in my phone. That, I don't have to, to dial it. 706 706- Three six three zero two one zero. Your SEC East Bulldogs, SEC East Championship Bulldogs will be next up against Texas Longhorns on New Year's Day. And guys, we had a great season. Thanks for listening. Go dogs! Hey guys, quick note about the audio comments. Uh, you guys know I will play just about anything. And I don't care if you're a Bama fan or a Georgia fan, it doesn't really matter. But I am not playing all the audio comments this week because, <laughs> honestly, some of you guys were just really drunk. And I don't even know if you remember calling. You got, like, background noise, and you're. I'm just not going to play them for both our sakes. So if I don't play your call, it's because the audio wasn't good enough or the content wasn't good enough or, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not making the commentary about you as a person, just it wasn't your best call. But you guys are always welcome to call and we totally listen to all of them. What's up, Dogcast? This is New Hampshire Tide. Reading all the news about everything going on, and all I gotta say is, well, ain't y'all lucky? Ric Flair, that's right, the wrestling legend, Ric Flair, claims Georgia will beat Bama today. I'm personally be crushed. Not one wrestling great. No Hulk Hogan, no Sergeant Slaughter, no George the Animal Steel, not even my personal idol, Macho Man Savage, all said he is dead, came to my defense and waved their Crimson Tide flags. Sad day for me. Sad day for Tide Nation. Roll Tide. New Hampshire dog out. Hello, this is a Brother Clem from the college football wasteland that is Colorado. First time list, first time caller. Down here in the Marta Tunnel right now after tonight's game, and it's just amazing. I, I'm trying to stay positive. I took one of my kids to the Alabama game last year and took the other one tonight. We both have seen excruciating losses, I swear. Like the like the Falcons shoot the ball all over again. But anyway, we're in a we're obviously in a good period of success, but we just cannot seem to get over the hump and if one more Alabama fan gives me a patronizing look and tells me it's gonna be okay and we're a good team I might go to jail tonight. Anyway, you guys, you guys keep me sane. Love the show. Go dogs. Well, I have two questions. One, when will Kirby Smart stop with the fake field goals, fake punts? Um, he seems to not call them at a great time and I think he needs to temper that a little bit. Number two, when was the last time – I can't think of any time that we were ever disappointed about going to the Sugar Bowl. Maybe 2007 when we went to the Sugar Bowl and, and beat the living daylights out of Hawaii the year after Hawaii was, was supposed to be a, a top team and Georgia kind of put a beat down on them. But 
I can't think of any time when going to the Sugar Bowl was a disappointment. Unfortunately, this is what it feels like. It feels like a consolation prize. Heck, even my friend who is a, a Clemson alumnus even had things to say about this game. Oh, well. Used to say it a lot in baseball. Wait till next year. At least we know that this is a young team this year, and it's going to be more mature next year. Dogcast technical support. Sitting down and now watching the Giants, that's my pro team, lose. I don't know. It's been one of those weekends. Out.